The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Greetings, Lakerland from Hoopball Lakers. I'm your host, JC DeLeon, with what will be a pretty regular Monday episode that will take a look at the week back, recap the Sunday game if there was one, and take a look at the week ahead. Aside from any specific or special news, pretty much regularly you can always look for me to update the injury, injury situation for the Lakers, take a look at the playoff standings both west and east, because why not? We want the Lakers to make it to the finals, so why not take a look at who they might possibly play? That being said, let's get on with the show. So, as predicted last week, I said that the Lakers were in a pretty prime position to start the season off on an incredible 13-game winning streak had they just been able to get past the Toronto Raptors. The Toronto Raptors uh, exposed a weakness in the Lakers, and a few other teams in the winning streak have exposed a weakness in the Lakers uh, in regards to transition defense. This week was a pretty easy week of competition. Uh, it's hard to say whether or not the Lakers truly addressed that issue. Um, but, yeah, since, since the loss to the Raptors, they've played the Phoenix Suns, which was a pretty entertaining game. Uh, they've also played the Golden State Warriors, which turned into a pretty easy win. Sacramento, Sacramento was a, was a bit of a defensive uh, defensive matchup. Both teams scored under 100 points, which the Lakers have been over 100 well over most of the games in the season. Uh, so that was a pretty pretty intense game, surprisingly. And then they uh, they blew out Atlanta last night, uh, 122 to 101. So whether or not the transition defense issues have been fixed, it's really hard to say. But the important thing is, man, had they, had they just gotten past the Raptors, this could be a 13-game winning streak with perhaps even even more to go on. You take Just taking a quick look at the schedule ahead, we'll dive a little deeper uh, here in a few minutes. But you've got Oklahoma City twice. Memphis, back to San Antonio on Monday. They've already beaten San Antonio, New Orleans, Washington, Dallas. They don't play a really competitive game, super competitive game, until December 3rd at Denver. And then that is going to start a pretty pretty, pretty intense uh, 
week of competition. Denver, Utah, Portland, Minnesota, Orlando, Miami. That's looking way too far ahead. Important thing is, how wonderful would it be if this were a 13-game winning streak that could possibly be extended into a 16-game winning streak going into the and going into next week? But unfortunately, that's just not the world we live in. Uh, but to recap the game last night, <clears throat> so uh, really great game last night. I think last night showed the Lakers at nearly full strength. We'll talk about the one player who was missing due to injuries here when I update the injury situation here in a little bit. But the important thing is just looking at how the Lakers performed as a team. As a team combined, they blocked 14 shots, five of them coming from Anthony Davis. Now, Anthony Davis had an interesting game. He had 14 points, shot four for five from free throws, uh, five assists, only one rebound. Bit of a ho-hum game for Anthony Davis, and since he's taken a rest game in Golden State, he's actually had two below 20-point games. And you've got to wonder whether or not the shoulder is an injury concern. Uh, I mentioned he took a game off during Golden State and against Golden State and played 35 minutes against Sac- Sacramento. Only played 28 minutes against Atlanta. But that's probably due to the blowout. And so you got to figure maybe he might be resting during games, if that's a thing. Managing the load, if you will, uh, while him not sitting out any games. Um, But back to the Atlanta game. LeBron has continued to be really dominant. Uh, he made six threes, shot ten of them. It was a really, really great game from outside for him. 33 points, 12 assists. Um... And, and another reason this was a game that, that I'd been wanting to see out of the Lakers, uh, LeBron only got seven rebounds. He's been getting more rebounds than I thought he was going to coming into the season because I was under the impression that with Anthony Davis, with JaVale McGee, with Dwight Howard, uh, LeBron wouldn't be counted on as much to do a lot of rebounding. And so, yeah, triple-doubles are great, but... If LeBron is able to focus on scoring, if he's able to focus on being the distributor and not worry so much about having to rebound all the time, I think that'll only serve to make this team better. And last night was an example of that. An interesting development from last night is uh, the increasingly good play of Contavious Caldwell Pope. Now, he, we, we all, as Laker fans, know what kind of start he had to the season. And it was pretty disastrous. And he's making a lot of money. And he's he's a pretty big salary cap hit. Uh, but his last two games, ever since Sacramento, in Sacramento he scored 16 points, uh, gave three rebounds, had a steal. And against Atlanta he shot six for eight for 13 points overall. Uh, LeBron had a couple of really nice connections with him through uh, rebounds and uh, on long outlet passes. So he's he's actually been improving his play, but one of the things that I've noticed, me being a LeBron fan, I always kind of watch him and, and gravi- gravitate towards him and look at what he's doing. He's He's been lifting him up a lot. He's taking him aside. He's, uh, yeah, he's taking him aside. He's trying to, you know, really lift him up. Things, things that I've seen him do over the years, things that I've seen him do with guys like J.R. Smith. Like, and I think... Guys like Contavious Caldwell-Pope, even Lance Stevenson a little bit last season, those are guys who really 
pay attention to a guy like LeBron and really sort of follow the alpha lead that he he follows. And when I think those and and when those guys believe in him, yeah, it only it only serves to make him play better. And and me personally, when I've seen Contavious Caldwell Pope, he seems to do really well when he's acting instinctively. The way that he started the season, you can tell that he's thinking about his shot. The times that he plays really well, the times he's not thinking. LeBron feeds him a quick outlet. Instinctively, he's going to catch and shoot a layup. He's wide open for three. LeBron hits him for that. Instinctively, he's going to shoot and not even think about it. When he's got to handle the ball, when he's got to dribble a shot, and so when he's got to create his own shot, that's when he's that's when he's been in trouble. When he when he shot fakes, when he decides to shoot fake and then go for a layup and airballs a layup, he's been thinking about that layup the whole time. And it's pretty obvious. Um, beyond that, uh, let's see who else played really well. Uh, Rajon Rondo. Uh, Rajon Rondo. Uh, he when he came back from injury against Phoenix, he was on a minutes restriction, and he's played really well since he's been on. The thing that I've noticed about Rondo being back, and it again, it'll, and it'll only serve to it'll only help to serve LeBron better. That familiarity that Rondo has with Anthony Davis is still there. That's evident right from the start, and that's fantastic. It's been really great to see. Rondo hasn't been as much of a, of a liability on defense as people thought. And so when he comes in to run the second unit or when he comes in for LeBron, as LeBron tends to take the first rest in the first quarter, as much as it would be great to see Rondo start, I do really like the way that he contributes being the first guy, being the first or second guy off the bench, just because of how he can lead an offense with, without LeBron on the floor. And even when LeBron is on the floor, I think that frees up him to uh, obviously to play off the ball a little bit more, but it kind of frees up the offense in general. And you're definitely not just going to have four guys standing around looking at the guy dribbling if Rondo's holding the ball. So Rondo's going to run the offense, and yeah, he's still going to get assists. He's still going to get rebounds. He's been doing really well. Uh, so is Kuzma. Kuzma... When he came back from injury, started off really slow. Uh, he took some time to warm up. But, yeah, the last couple of nights he's been playing really well. 17 points last night, five rebounds, one assist, one block. So that's pretty much what you want to look for from the Lakers. They also shot 15 and 35 from three when they're not going to when they when they're not going to shoot very well from three. That's when they're going to be in trouble because long shots lead to long rebounds. Which, we, which lead to transition buckets. And as we talked about last week, transition defense is an issue for the Lakers. And whether or not it still is uh, remains to be seen. Uh, but one thing's for sure is that this, this point in the season, I know the Lakers have had a little bit of an easy schedule, but a fluke, they are not. They are definitely a team to worry about in the league despite losing that first game and then despite losing to the Raptors. So, injury updates. The Lakers are pretty healthy at the moment, with the exception of Avery Bradley. Avery Bradley, uh, he got kicked in the leg, I believe it was during Phoenix, and the leg was a little bit sore. They decided to look at it deeper with an MRI, and, and a hairline fracture of the uh, fibula, fibula was revealed. 
The fibula is the smaller of the two bones in the lower leg, and so it's not as serious as if it were a hairline fracture in the tibia, as the tibia supports most of your body weight. Uh, a hairline fracture in the fibula, you're able to come back from in a couple of weeks, and he's going to be reevaluated in two weeks. And his defense is is sorely going to be missed, but as stated earlier, Contavious Caldwell Pope has actually been serving as a as a good good backup. Uh, and it's it's opened up a few more minutes for guys like Caruso and Quinn Cook, and so Caruso Caruso's been playing a little bit more, which Lakers fans I'm sure. Extremely happy about. <laughs> um, in addition to that, Rondo has come back from injury. Now, Rondo is going to be an interesting case because people were curious about whether or not he would either be a defensive liability or people wonder would wonder how he would respond to a diminished role than he's used to than he's been used to in his career. But Rondo is a really smart guy, and. I think he understands that his role on this team is best served as that that savvy veteran and for him to provide leadership, which I know is a funny thing to say, talking about Rondo, considering how I'm not even a Mavericks fan, but the way that he left the Mavericks is always gonna gonna linger in my head somewhere that, that something like that could happen. But I don't I don't feel like a successful team would let that happen, and I don't feel like he would do that to a guy like LeBron. Um but so since Rondo has come back, he came back on a minutes restriction against Phoenix, but in 14 minutes, although he only scored five points, um, he had seven assists and he grabbed six rebounds. And in the few minutes that he played, I, I talked about how immediately the one thing that, that struck me was when he is on the floor and it's him and Anthony Davis and LeBron and insert any two other guys. The offense is free-flowing. The offense is moving. It's not stagnant at all. And as a, and also, as I mentioned earlier, that familiarity that, Ron, that Rondo has with Anthony Davis is still there, and it's still really great. Uh, it makes me wish, I wish, I wish that DeMarcus Cousins was still healthy because to see basically that New Orleans team from a couple of years ago that basically just adds LeBron and Kuzma it would have been a great thing to see. And I guess there's still hope for DeMarcus Cousins to come back this season. Although I don't really have an update on DeMarcus Cousins at the moment. But yeah, so since LeBron is, since uh, Rondo has come back, yeah, 14 minutes in Phoenix, but he had an immediate impact of just doing a little bit of everything. Um, the game against Sacramento it was a pretty intense game. He didn't score, but he, in 18 minutes, got 14 rebounds and a steal, uh, or four assists, uh, three rebounds and a steal. <clears throat> and then against Atlanta, had a really good, great, great game last night against Atlanta in 23 minutes, 15 points, three assists, one steal, two rebounds. Um, also interesting to note, since uh, <laughs> since Rondo has been back, the first game he shot three threes. Against Sacramento, he shot two. And then against uh, Atlanta, he shot three threes. Against Atlanta, he made two. Uh, against Phoenix, he made one. He's willing to shoot the three-point shot. And it's it looks improved. The fact that he's willing to shoot it is a pretty big deal. I don't think you can... 
hang on. I don't think you can hang off of him as far as as you used to, which would have been the way to kind of kind of um, negate Rondo on offense. If you could just hang off of him and let him shoot all day, that would have made teams that would have made opposing teams really happy. But no, he's. He's got an improved shot, and you can tell, and he's willing to shoot it, and I think that's that's only going to serve to make the Lakers a, a better overall team. Kyle Kuzma is another one who's come back from injury. Now, he came back from injury at the beginning of the month, but he was really slow to come back. This week, starting with Phoenix, and you can maybe even say starting with Toronto, although they lost that game. But starting with Phoenix after the loss, he's had 23 points, 22, 13, and then 17. He's made a total of... He's made exactly three threes in every game that he's played, which is kind of funny. Uh, he's shooting in, in, he's shooting either six or seven threes a game. So his, his accuracy is steadily coming back. He's getting more and more rebounds. He's super active on the offensive end. He's making back cuts. He's going for alley-oops. He's, I don't even think he would say he's 100% back, but he's pretty close to it. And there's even been a couple of games where, and even in that Toronto game, like I, I think I mentioned last week, he um, he's shown a willingness to shoot and compete in those really high, high intense clutch moments. And that's only going to make him better throughout his career. And I think LeBron really sees it. He took him aside after one game and really kind of pumped him up. Uh, yeah, I think, I think Kuzma only getting close to, you know, getting closer to hundred percent will end up making this team a much better team. And we are absolutely glad to have him back. So this week, uh, taking a look at the week ahead, Another easy week for the Lakers, potentially. They could extend this now four-game winning streak. Possibly look at they look to taking a seven-game win streak into San Antonio on the 25th this week. Uh, they play Oklahoma City twice in a row, which is unusual, but it happens sometimes on Tuesday. They play Oklahoma City in Los Angeles, and then on Friday, they play Oklahoma City in Oklahoma City, and on Saturday... They travel to Memphis, which is a pretty short flight from Oklahoma City. So even though it's a back-to-back, the travel on there isn't as much of an issue. As as I said, it's a pretty short flight. Um, it kind of plays like a back-to-back at home with, you know, with that short flight in between, a flight that they would barely even feel probably. But being a back-to-back, you've got to wonder whether or not – Either LeBron or Anthony Davis is going to rest that shoulder one of those two nights. Playing Oklahoma City back to back, yeah, you they they may have they'll probably have a full roster on Tuesday. First night of a back to back, either LeBron or AD might rest one of those games. Although LeBron is looking incredibly healthy, and he's he's gone on record saying that. Um. Even though he's taken rest days before in the past, uh, this season he's saying if he's healthy, he's going to play. And if anything, he didn't say this, but if anything, they might restrict his minutes. Oklahoma City hasn't gotten off to the greatest start this season, although Chris Paul has, um, has really embraced 
his role as a leader uh, for Oklahoma City, and, and I guess you know people were anticipating maybe he wasn't going to like the situation he was in in Oklahoma City, but he's played there before, and so it's this, it's a situation he's familiar with, it's a city he's familiar with, and so yeah, he's gravitated to it a little bit better than even I thought he would. Um, they are unfortunately on a five and seven start, and currently ninth in the playoff standings. But either way, should be a couple of easy games. No reason why the Lakers should lose both of those, although on a back-to-back, playing the same team back-to-back, you never know. It's probably really hard to beat the same team twice in a row. I know it is in football. And then against Memphis, Memphis, the Lakers have already beaten before 120-91 to in Los Angeles in that game. That was the infamous uh, forty and twenty game for Anthony Davis, and so Memphis had no shot, probably no chance of uh, Anthony Davis going forty and twenty again. However, uh, I think some things to look forward to: John Morant has his season goes on, and he gets more and more experience under his belt. He's only he's only going to continue to get better and better. And his five his last five games. He's gone, or his last three games, he's gone for 23, 25, uh, and then a 13-point game loss against Denver. But when he when he gets the minutes and when his team is playing really well, yeah, he's uh, he's the real deal. And only because Zion Williamson is going to be out for so long with injury, even I don't think he's going to have enough games under his belt to really compete for Rookie of the Year. And because of that, I do feel like John Morant is going to be a rookie of the year. He, dude, is for real. Um, he's for real, and he's fearless, and he's just absolutely fun to watch. And yeah, I think this second game against Memphis, Anthony Davis is probably not going to go for 40 and 20 again, and so it won't be as much of a blowout. So it should be a fun game to watch. And then on November 25th, which will be next week, if. If there is no episode of this show next Monday, it's only going to be because I have decided at the last minute to go watch the Lakers in San Antonio, in which case I would probably have an episode for you on Tuesday. I'm I'm currently in the middle of deciding whether or not I want want to go to this game, uh, whether or not I want to spend the money to go to this game. Uh, If you don't know, I live in Austin, Texas, which is about 90 minutes from San Antonio. Anytime I go to an NBA game, uh, it's usually the San Antonio Spurs, and I'm not much of a Spurs fan. I usually go to see the opponent, uh, and it's not that I dislike the Spurs. It's just that they're the only team I see, and I love all of the NBA, and I really I really just like to see as many teams and as many, as many players as I can. So, yeah, if there is no episode next Monday, it's going to be because I'm physically at the Los Angeles Lakers at San Antonio, to be determined. (laughs) All right, and before we wrap things up, let's take a look at the standings. Sitting at the top of the Western Conference playoff standings are your Los Angeles Lakers, currently at 11-2. Houston is second at 10-3. Denver third at 9-3. Utah fourth, 8-4. Phoenix, Phoenix, fifth at seven and four, sixth. Yeah, you might have noticed that I haven't said the Los Angeles Clippers name yet. This 
the Los Angeles Clippers are currently sixth in the Western Conference playoffs. Dallas at seven, seven and five. Minnesota at eight, seven and six. And on the outside looking in, you've got Oklahoma City, Sacramento, both at five and seven. And there, that's where you've got the 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 quagmire. You've got a bunch of teams with five wins and either seven or eight losses. And so you figure on the outside looking in, you have every other team in the West. Except for the Golden State Warriors, the Golden State Warriors currently sit with the worst record in the league at two and twelve. And if I can go off on a little rant about the Golden State Warriors uh, for just a second, and it's more more of a rant about defending LeBron James than anything else, I do hope that people realize that the way that injuries have decimated this warrior's destiny and crumbled it to the ground. It is gone. It is never coming back. I know that people clown on LeBron for having gone to the finals eight times in a row and losing most of those finals. But to be healthy enough to go to the finals eight times in a row is amazing. And I hope that people realize that now, seeing as how... Injuries have just decimated this Warriors team to nothing. Back to the show. (laughs) Um, And in the East, number one in the East is Boston. Now, how amazing would it be for yet another Los Angeles-Boston NBA Finals? It's still a little too early to tell what's going to happen over in in the East, uh, Miami is way better than people thought they were going to be. They're currently tied for second at nine and three. Nine and three for Miami. That's whew, that's really good. Uh, Milwaukee is about as good as everybody thought they were going to be. Mitt, Toronto probably a little bit better than everybody thought they were going to be. Sitting at fourth at eight and four. Philadelphia's got eight, eight and five, and they have just fallen out of the top ten in ESPN's power rankings. And Philadelphia is yeah underperforming a little bit. Uh, you, I thought, I thought the East. I didn't think. Well, I didn't think the East was up for grabs. I did think it was pretty much only going to be between Milwaukee and Philadelphia. And Milwaukee, despite all of their success, yeah, when when they've played a couple of the West teams, they haven't haven't fared as well. But yeah, Boston is playing way better than I thought they were going to be, and so is Miami. And I'm not going to lie, if if Miami somehow were to pull this out and it were a Miami-Laker NBA Finals, if that happened, would be 1,000% okay with that. Um, you know, as all, of all the NBA, NBA teams I've loved over the years, a lot of players that I've ended up liking have played on the Miami Heat, and so, yeah, they, they, the Heat have been, been a team I've always watched and, and enjoyed. Uh, rounding out the playoffs in the East, Indiana at six and seven and six. Oladipo will be back at some point this season. We don't really know when. I I know he's going to have a a rehab stint in. I can't remember the name of the Indiana G League team, so I'm not even going to pretend to to pretend that I know. Uh, Orlando at six and seven, tied for seventh. Brooklyn, Brooklyn underperforming a little bit, even with Kyrie playing well. Five wins, seven losses. Cleveland's had a couple of surprising wins. They, but I, you know, nobody expected them to be winners. But I think the surprising thing is that they're actually really fun to watch. 
Detroit underperforming a little bit, I feel. Chicago maybe overperforming a little bit. They've won four games and lost nine. Atlanta, I think Atlanta is kind of pretty much where they need to be. Uh, Trey Young is playing really well. They're still incredible. They're still an incredibly young team. Their time will come. It's certainly not time for them yet. And then rounding out the bottom of the East, you've got the Wizards and the Knicks. So yeah, it's early in the season, and it's probably too early for me to delve that deeply into the playoff picture. But there's interesting things to gleam from the playoff picture, and they're only going to get more and more interesting as the week goes on. And even as we get closer to February, this uh, this episode might add a segment about trades and who the Lakers might uh, might look to might look to add. One thing is for sure, the Clippers do look incredibly scary. They, I mentioned they were eight and five, but they also weren't complete up until this week. And you can argue they still haven't really been complete because although Paul George is back, Kawhi Leonard has sat a couple of games. However, the other night the Clippers did have a game in which they scored 150 points. 150. They beat the Atlanta Hawks 150 to 101. And they did that without Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> they did that with Paul George going for 37 points, two blocks, two two steals, one block. He got three assists, he got four rebounds, and yeah, Lou Williams continues to be really play really well off the bench. I have no idea who Terrence Mann is, but he had a double-digit game and an eight-assist game for, for the Clippers in that game. Um, yeah, the Clippers are scary, and they are for real. And we, I think whereas just now you're beginning to see a more complete picture for the Lakers, uh, you have yet to even see anything close to a complete picture for the Clippers, and here they are dropping 150 on the Atlanta Hawks. <laughs> and so... Yeah, they're definitely for real, and while the title may come down to who would win between those two, yeah, it's it's all still to be determined. Uh, so we will have updates for that as the as the season continues to progress. And uh, before we uh, before we wrap up the show, I should have mentioned this at the top. This podcast, like all of our shows, is brought to you by our title sponsor, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. You could check out their website at hawaiianisles.com, or you could check them out on Amazon by searching for Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee. On Twitter, they are at H-I-K-O-N-A Coffee. H-I-K-O-N-A-C-O-F-F-E-E. Thank you, Hawaiian Isles Coffee, for sponsoring this and all the podcasts at hoopball.com. That's going to do it for this Monday episode of the Hoopball Lakers podcast. Until next week, we are out. This has been a Hoopball presentation. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.